Well, let's open Colossians and chapter 1. Father, teach us by your word. Help us to see wonderful things here. Prompt us. Teach us to be those that follow you and do what your word says. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Do you know what location sharing is? Location sharing. And it's quite easily achieved if you get your phone out and there's a simple toggle option and suddenly you can share your location. And then on the little map, you can see where exactly the other person is. And they can see where you are. Now, whether or not you like that idea, it's really handy, location sharing. Peace of mind you get um, that someone's on the way home or that the person who's about to pick you up is actually where they said they were going to be. Of course, it also helps if you know where you are on the map, doesn't it? If you know where you are yourself, that helps. I listened to an interesting speaker on the radio last week, and she's written a new book, and she suggested this. She said, self-awareness is a bit like knowing where you are on the map. That's an interesting thing to say. Being self-aware is a little bit like knowing where you are on the map. So if you have the map in front of you, and you don't know where you are on it, it's not much good to have a map. But if you know exactly where you are, then you can go places. Here's my thought. Do you as a Christian know exactly where you are on the map? Do you know exactly where you are? Belfast, you'll say, and you'll be right. But as a Christian, I mean, do you know where you're located, spiritually speaking? Do you know where you are? Now, getting that precise location absolutely right will have huge implications, not only for your life, your discipleship as you follow the Lord Jesus, but also for the unreached within reach. You see, getting your exact location right will be absolutely definitive for mission. So then, opening our Bibles, that's what we're going to be tracking today, your exact spiritual location. Now, the original recipients of this letter to the Colossians, they were located somewhere in what has been called one of the most least important places to which biblical letters were ever sent. Look at chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae. Colossae? Well, where's that? Asia Minor. That's modern-day Turkey to you and me. And even then, Colossae was very far away from any of the major centers. Its glory was definitely in the past. And it was significantly damaged by an earthquake. The Roman historian Tacitus tells us around 60 AD it was, it was pretty much destroyed. But listen to this. Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians to highlight a very different location than their home city of Colossae. Look at verse 2 again. To the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae. In Christ. Now, whatever it was like to come from that place, these people were faithful Christians. So they were located, using a favorite phrase of the apostle, in Christ. That phrase comes up all over his letters in the New Testament, in Christ. And do you know what that meant? 
It meant that no matter what their circumstances, no matter what their seedy past or gritty present, they had already been powerfully relocated somewhere of incalculable eternal worth. They were in Christ. Now, isn't that remarkable? In Christ. And we're thinking about Dublin today and Ireland, where in the past five years, God has established a little community of faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Black Rock. But in Christ, people who God has marvelously saved and brought together from all sorts of awful places, spiritually speaking, and from all sorts of geographical places across the world. Just think about that for a second. Think about the remarkable potential that that holds, about the church, this little gathering of God's people in Christ. And then think about all the other people outside the church, both located in Black Rock, the church and all the other people. When Mandy was with you, some of the women, um, she, she showed you this sign. The sign for Black Rock Village says, we have it all. It's quite a claim, isn't it, as you drive into Black Rock? We have it all. It's in small blue letters there. We've got it all. We have everything, they say. And they do. You know, they have quite a lot in Black Rock. Um, some of you may have availed of the Black Rock Clinic. They have the best hospitals. They have the best schools. Nice cars. Whoa. Views all over Dublin Bay. Wow. Prospects. Education. Dare I mention even the finest rugby players. Um, Gary Ringrose, for example, hails from Black Rock. So they feel they have it all, the people of Black Rock. But tragically, they do not. Where are they located? Well, as well as the obvious, they are all living within reach of ordinary people, ordinary Christians, who really do have it all, as we've seen. They're in Christ at Black Rock. Spiritually, the people of Black Rock are right beside that little church that the Lord has planted, who have Christ, who have everything. Do you know what that calls for? How will we as Christians reach the unreached within our reach in Black Rock? Well, it's a bit of what we might call location sharing. I'm going to need to share my location with brothers and sisters to be, perhaps, with people around me who do not know Christ, who aren't located there, but I need to share it. I'm in Christ, wonderfully so, saved, and therefore the mission to share that location, not with a toggle swipe on my phone, but with an honest, sincere speaking up about the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at the opening of Paul's letter, and we're going to get into it in, in, a, in a little bit more detail now, there's so much for us to rally ourselves to in a weekend like this, on a Sunday as we proclaim God's Word and remember our amazing location. Isn't it time for a bit more location sharing? Isn't it time that we shared this location that you at Great Victoria Street have in Christ and to share that with those around about us. The exact location where God has placed you in Belfast is in within reach of your neighbors too. And beyond that, I've said it already, you're just a few short hours from the most desperately unreached people group in the English-speaking world. You get on the train and you go into the 1% territory, less than 1%. And so to Paul's letter. 
Well, here we read that even those faithful Christians in Christ had to contend with that other location, Colossae. And, and as the letter unfolds, and you'll have read Colossians before, the people in Colossae were being exposed to what Moo, the commentator, calls diverse cultural and religious movements, exposures, exposures that had the potential to make Christians wonder about that amazing location they already had in Christ, and not just wonder, but wander away from Christ. They were being encouraged by those round about them to leave that location in Christ. And you know what Paul says? He says, stay put. This location beats them all. Faithful Christians are located. Look at the language here. Uh, they're in the kingdom. Look at verse 14 of this passage. In the kingdom, that's quite a location, of his beloved son. So Paul says, stay put. Stay there. You're in Christ. You've been transferred to a better realm. Don't leave. Whatever you do, you're in Christ. Now, watch as Paul prays for the Colossians at the start of this letter. And firstly, he's going to remind them as he prays of their powerfully transformed lives. And secondly, and we're going to see, he's going to say, keep living in light of that transfer. See what he's going to do? He's going to pray and remind them of their powerful, transfor powerfully transformed lives and then urge them to live in light of that transfer. Lives transformed, living in light of the transfer and with all the implications that has for mission. So here's how Paul prays. He's heard the report. The gospel has had a powerful transforming impact, transformed lives. Look, look from verse three. He said, we always thank God. We're praying we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, Colossians, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And although Paul had probably never set foot in Colossae, he had heard reports of their faith from a man called Epaphras, verse 7. So look, look what he, he charts here. Their faith in Christ Jesus that had been transforming them, faith and love that they had for all the saints, the other Christians, because of what? Because of the hope laid up for them in heaven. Faith and love, clearly in action, and then hope stored up in heaven, even as they lived in Christ at Colossae. The gospel wasn't a hobby for these people. It wasn't a daily, you know, just something you did once a week. This was a lifestyle. It wasn't a badge either. It was the very dynamo flooding their community interactions. And as for hope, well, it wasn't wishful thinking. It was stored up and transforming how they lived in the present. Isn't that incredible, that picture? Paul goes on to explain to them the source of all that transformation, middle of verse five. Of this you have heard before. Look at this phrase. In the word of the truth, the gospel. See, there was a message, wasn't there? The Word. They heard it from Epaphras at some point before this letter. It was the Word of the truth, the gospel. Now, I reckon we live in a climate where truth is in short supply. It's like an atmosphere where the oxygen is really thin, and everyone's struggling to get their breath because of it. Imagine a submarine running out of oxygen. That's like our society. We're running out of oxygen, and everyone's taking those labored breaths. But the Colossian Christians had the message of the truth, the gospel. And do you know what had happened? They had breathed it in deeply like good oxygen. 
and it had made them strong and allowed them to thrive. That's what happens, isn't it? If you give people oxygen, they will thrive and grow, and they'll be able to thrive. People of faith in Christ with love for each other and real hope, living and breathing the truth. Aren't you sick of breathing depleted air where the oxygen is gone? Aren't you sick of that in Belfast? I'm sick of it in Dublin. So breathe this transforming word as you gather like this on Sundays and midweek and with each other in prayer groups and Bible studies. Breathe it in and thrive. That's the powerful impact of the gospel on the people and their whole community, not just in Colossae. Look what Paul says in verse 6. He says, which has come to you, as indeed the whole world is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. You see, not only has the gospel come to Colossae, it has powerfully impacted where? Well, the whole world. And Paul at least means the whole Roman Empire here. And then more than that, he tells them that the gospel is having a transformative impact, not just among them, the Colossians, but among these people in the rest of the world. And you can see what he's saying. The gospel, you know this, the gospel is powerfully transformative. And whatever those other ideas that are doing the rounds, and there are so many of them, take your pick of the ideas that are doing the rounds in 2023. Well, no matter what ideas are doing the rounds, it's actually the gospel of Christ that has the power to change people here and in communities everywhere. For the Colossians then, here's the choice, and it's our choice too. Local wafts of heresy are worldwide gospel winds of truth. Take your pick, Christians. Local heresies are worldwide gospel oxygen winds of truth. All this energy among them since the day. It's amazing, isn't it? You get a sense of Paul's joy here. Since the day they understood the grace of God and truth. Now, Moo, the commentator, makes the point that Paul is showing the Colossians that there's a wonderful, powerful, moving tandem here. You know a tandem bike? Um, Hopefully, when when you're on a tandem, the person behind is pedaling as hard as you are at the front. I saw a tandem the other day or the other week, and the person at the front was doing all the work and the person, well, in fairness, they were a child at the back. They were just letting dad or mom do all the work. But do you know what tandems are like? If they're working properly, look what Paul says here. He's showing them that that's the powerful moving tandem, truth and the life-changing power of the gospel, working in tandem. It's a great image, isn't it? A working tandem, truth and powerful, um, life-changing power in the gospel, working together, changing lives as they come to understand and grasp the grace of God, God's gift to them. And you know, all that should ground us to this tandem that you and I are on. If we have come to understand the gospel of Christ, there has been powerful, God-gifted transformation in our lives too. Truth, life-changing power, something that we've been witnessing over these years in Black Rock, something I think you've been seeing here in Belfast too. You've been seeing God at work, truth, life-changing power, people who have quite literally come to life in Christ. Don't minimize the the weight, the significance of what's been going on, not just here but across the island of Ireland in those church plants. It's significant, isn't it, when people come to know Christ. And in fact, as you dwell on it and then in Christ, as you think about the truth of what's gone on in your life, you'll be more able to withstand the onslaught of all those exposures 
lesser forces, philosophies, whatever. And then think of all those unreached people right within your reach. Think about them now. Each of us is in a completely different place, family, community, neighbors, schools, colleges, workplaces. Think of all the people you're in touch with. You have that life to offer them that has transformed yours. Well, with a bit more location sharing, you can give them the opportunity to breathe in that eternity-transforming truth and power. Just take a moment as we sit and pray and thank God for the powerful impact of the gospel of Christ on your life. It's a miracle any of us are in this building today, a miracle of God and His transformative work on our lives. Take a moment to thank Him for that and on the lives of the people sitting beside you. Praise God for what He's doing in Great Vic and for what He's doing a few hours from here in Black Rock. And pray for a resolve then to share it around to those within reach. Now, it's as Paul gives thanks to God for that um, reaction to the word of the gospel, of the truth, that he has seen that it's been transforming their lives, that he then moves on to pray that they would continue that journey. So that's where verses 9 to 14 go here. Here Paul tells the Christians in Christ at Colossae to live as faithful ex-captives in light of your transferred location. So he's now telling them, as he prays in verses 9 to 14, he's saying, you're an ex-captive, so live like it. Live in the light of your new location. So let's look at those verses from verse 9. And so, Paul writes, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's one sentence in the original. Whoa, what a sentence. And isn't it striking how Paul, in that sentence, alerts the Colossians to the danger of a kind of spiritual complacency? You know, we've heard all these words before, if you're a Christian. They sort of roll off us. But Paul's warning that, and that's why he prays for something specific. Look what he prays for. He prays that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, verse 9. And more than that, he prays for wisdom for them and understanding. And he's not finished there. He prays for an increase in that knowledge of God. It's interesting, isn't it? He's, why is he praying like that? Well, we've already seen that it's having a really concrete foothold in the word of the truth, the gospel, that's going to anchor those believers with all those exposures rolling over them, isn't it? It's if they really get that gospel that they're going to be so secure. And if that increases in measure, that's going to help them keep going. Now, you don't have to work hard to imagine what I'm going to ask you to imagine. Imagine a really good waterproof jacket. You need one, don't you? I, I imagine it's the same in, in Belfast as it is in Dublin. You need a really good rainproof jacket because it's resistant to the kind of rain we see a lot of here. 
The exposures, you see, will come like heavy rain, and Christians properly dressed, and how many of us go out without the coat? In fairness, how many parents are exasperated telling their children, get the coat on, wear the coat? But you know, Christians properly dressed with a really good rain jacket, with a really good robust understanding of the gospel, will let all the water just bubble off them, of those exposures. Remember Paul's saying, stay in Christ. Keep growing in this powerful, life-changing gospel. And verse 10, keep walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Get that in place, not saturated by the rest of the world around us, but pleasing the Lord. Are you hearing that as a Christian with your location, your exact location pinpointed? You need to live fully pleasing to Him with that rain jacket, resting in the shelter that God provides and an understanding and a growing understanding provides. Now, the obvious application is right before us. How's your rain jacket? Do you know where you're located, spiritually speaking? And that it's in a location that you will definitely, no, not maybe, you will definitely need your jacket today. You will need a good rain jacket, a robust, growing understanding and wisdom and knowledge of the gospel of Christ. Well, if you're feeling that your jacket's not up to scratch, study this letter this week. Study God's Word, and you'll be amazed as He helps your understanding grow. Isn't that what church life is for? Our understanding of Christ shouldn't be staying still. We shouldn't be going back into P2 and then into P1. No, no, we should be going on and gaining more of what the gospel teaches us, and then becoming more resistant to all those exposures around us. How's your rain jacket? Because if you've got it strengthened and you keep strengthening it, well, when the exposures come, you'll be able to withstand. You know, this is leading to Paul's amazing description of the transfer. Did you see it? Verse 11, the transfer. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. He has delivered us, there's the transfer, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, we have been transferred. That's what Paul tells the Colossians, and it's true of many of us too. And Christians are therefore ex-captives, Location transferred, yes, transferred from what was, is actually a little bit like a, a maximum security mega prison. I saw a horrendous one on one of those news analysis channels, I think it was on BBC, and they showed inside one of those maximum um, security prisons in El Salvador, horrendous, a prison to cope with the rising number of criminals, and it was awful. Uh, people stacked almost, literally, without uh, any freedom, with little relief, just existence in that prison. And for, Christian, that was you, for Christians, that was your location too. Until, look at verse 12, the Father qualified you to get a new inheritance. He has delivered us, verse 13, from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have freedom, the forgiveness of sins. It's marvelous, the ultimate transfer I was trying to think of a word for an ex-prisoner 
Can you think of one? I couldn't get one. Um, what would you call an ex-prisoner? Um, ex-prisoner, ex-captive, they're all words defined by what we once were. But what's a word for an ex-captive? Well, then I got it. Christian. Christian. That's it because of God's gracious deliverance, transfer. We're set free. We're delivered. And Paul tells these Colossians, and he prays for them, live like it. Live like transferees. That's not so good, is it? Christian. Live like Christians, Paul says. Powerfully transformed by the gospel of Christ. Powerfully transferred to a new kingdom in Christ. It's amazing. It's the kingdom of God's beloved Son. It's real living. It's gifted to us. It's undeserved. And it's your location too if you have come to know Christ. What do we do with all this? Our lives have been transformed by the powerful gospel of the, the truth, the gospel of Christ. Our lives have been transferred from the domain of darkness to life in Christ. And so that transformation of life and transfer of location has taken us along with our, think of your physical location in Belfast or Black Rock. It sets up the most amazing mission of your life. That's what it sets up. The most amazing mission of your life and my life. Location sharing with everyone around us. The unreached within reach. And I say, not just location sharing. I don't just say it. The Bible says it. Put all those privacy reservations. You know, if you're sharing on your phone, oh, do, am I worried about that? Put all those when it comes to the gospel aside. Toggle the button to location share, not just with your loved ones, with everybody in this city and your communities. Do it as a church. Do it individually. Do it together. The work colleague that you sit near, the family that's moved in next door, the lady in the bank, the friend who's struggling with loss. Share your location with them. And you know what? We're going to need each other in continued location sharing partnership, if we can call it that. Partnership in our mission. Partnership with the people of Black Rock and Dublin and Ireland, with you here in Belfast. But you can see where you are on the map. If you get that right, the Bible makes it so clear, doesn't it? You're in Christ. And it's, so it's more than time to bring that good news to the rest of the people who are quite literally lost without him. Why don't I pray for God's help to do this? Father, thank you for that amazing transfer. Thank you that we are in Christ, those that know him. Thank you that you have won us from certain death and an eternity without Christ, from hell itself. Father, thank you for that amazing transfer, that amazing transformation that's ongoing in each of our lives as Christians. And Father, that unites us in the, the mission of our lives. Would you give us the resolve for that mission, starting this weekend, continuing this weekend, to reach out with that amazing hope to those that are, are dying and lost without it. Father, this is your work through us, through your people, your churches. Help us to do it. Give us the strength we need. Build us up for it. Encourage us along the way. 
Father, thank you for each other. And as we continue the rest of this weekend, keep our eyes on that mission, our eyes on those unreached within our reach. Father, hear our prayers, and we ask them in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Richard. Well, we're going to respond by singing now of that wonderful mercy that has transformed our lives. So let's stand together as the musicians begin and praise the Lord. shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you his peace in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please uh, do...